here I am. Here you are. I am. Well, I'm not overseas. I wasn't overseas. <laughs> I'm up in the great. <laughs> the great. Oh, oh, wow. This house is haunted. Do you hear that door? How? Listen to this. It. That's weird. It's a buzzing noise. How's the door? How creepily. It's perfect for paranormal podcast. I just started talking to you. That's weird. <laughs> It's a, it's actually like one of the, that that buzzing noise you hear about right before people get abducted. That's a gray alien right there. Uh, hi, I'm Maddie Blake. This is Tony Arkin. With me, this is Rated P for Paranormal, the podcast where we rate and review paranormal film and television. Uh, this is coming off the heels of our 12 episodes. This is the final episode, actually, of season six, episode 13, coming off the heels of the Gate which was our last episode uh, some month ago, Tony. It was in July. It is now August, which is ridiculous yeah. for us. But because, as, you're, as you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I'm on the road in the summers filming my TV stuff. Uh, yeah. So this is the best we could do. You know, it keeps it real. It keeps the bills paid. keeps the show alive. I, we have to take these breaks once in a while. I, I, hope to, I, I hope to derail the show myself soon one day. Well, I can't wait for that. I'm I looking mean, forward to calling you and being like, it's just not going to be available this whole block of time. Well, look, the, I think it creates the illusion that you're somehow less busy than me, which is not true at all. I just have a show that travels. That's all. But you're just as busy as me with editing, teaching, Don't, auditioning. Yes. I'm, I am busy. Thank acting. you. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. So Thank it's just you. you can do it all from Brooklyn. I have to travel yeah. over creation. I can, I can do it all from my chair. <laughs> we have a major announcement of a guest coming up. Um, and we teased it last week. We told you we're going to do something with Skinwalker Ranch. We have an incredible guest, which uh, is going to be awesome. Someone intimately involved. That'll be our next episode. We want to kind of tease it here and let you know, give you a little extra time to watch it. If you haven't caught up with Skinwalker Ranch, uh, it's just a must watch. It's a must watch if you're into the paranormal. I agree. I, I've been excited about it for a while. We were actually going to try to do this right before you left, actually. Yes. Yeah. And uh, this would be too big a show to cram yeah. in, so we decided to wait. And I'm I'm glad we are we did because you know um, I, I think we will have digested enough of this to be ready to talk to our guest. And um, I, I'm I'm super excited. I'm 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 I hope my questions are, you know. Are, are well considered enough. They definitely will be. Um, and it's, you know, of course, really increasing in the news. And this episode, we're not going to uh, tackle a film. I think this is an episode that our, our hardcore fans have been asking for for a while. And that is you and I just kind of talking maybe about film in general and, and doing kind of a wild card episode where I think we're just going to catch up. And I've watched some fun things that don't live in the paranormal space that I'd like to talk about. And I'm sure you have too, Tony, you're constantly oh, watching. Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have stuff on both sides of the, of the table, right. both sides of the end tables. Okay. So I've been on the road filming for the, uh, the you know, the Oak universe that you guys know, and, and yeah. this fall, I'll be able to tell you all the details very soon. Actually, September, I think I can start talking about some of the stuff. Okay. That's okay. coming out, um, which I look forward to. Well, I, you know, I am, I'm looking forward to it too, because I haven't, I've heard less about this, this uh, series of adventures you've had than, um, than usual. Um, yeah, it's been intense. It's been an intense schedule, but it's been awesome. Life-changing adventures, you know, uh, new skill sets. Seemingly every week I learn new things and, you know, definitely like, you know, the people always say like, they'll say, push yourself beyond your comfort zone. A little bit and that's when like growth happens like this this whole experience of the beyond universe has definitely been that for me can um, i say that i'm always just a little bit uncomfortable so maybe uh, can i does that count you should be the smartest man in the world it's social uncomfortable doesn't count. socially uncomfortable doesn't oh, count. okay it's a different type of <laughs> just thing. my clothes are a little bind binding right now i don't know maybe that's it it's always uncomfortable let's face it but yeah so it's been a tremendous um summer it's been an incredible summer it's coming to an end it's winding down i'm you know living on location now for a month and doing the thing and it's it's uh exhilarating exhausting and exciting all wrapped into one um 
and I'm blessed. I'm blessed for the work. I'm blessed for the friendships of the people I work with. And um, it's, it's just been awesome. But I've definitely been wow. keeping my eye on the paranormal world, Tony, as always, as I always have. And always yeah, you, you, you sent me um, a paranormal and themed text just the other day, in fact. Talk about that. Why don't we kick off the show talking about that? Okay, well, it's in my notes for sure to talk about, I guess it's the Calvine or Calvine UFO photo revelation that just came out a couple of days ago. Yeah, I think people say Calvine, I, but I, it's a Scottish um, location. So who knows how they say it? They probably Calvin. say Cal- Calvine. Calvine. I think it's Calvin, sir. Like, I'm pretty sure it's Calvin. It's Kach. Kach down by the part. Um, so basically, if you don't know, this has been long referred to as a lost UFO photograph. For 30 years, it's been missing. And a lot of people in the business have called it the greatest UFO photograph, the Calvin UFO photograph, but no one knew what it looked like. Well, there's a guy named Dr. David Clark who has found it and he released it and UFO Twitter went crazy this past few days. Um, It was taken around 9 p.m. August 4, 1990 by two hikers on a hillside near (laughs) (laughs) northwest of Perth, Scotland. And (laughs) just, you know, that's probably how they say it. Let's face it. And the two men, which is fascinating, whose identities remain unknown to this day, claim they started seeing, you know, this weird object and then military craft kind of buzzing around it. And this thing hung there for about 10 minutes. Fighter jets are passing it, making passes left and right. And then they just watch this object, which they estimated to be 100 feet long, just shoots off directly up into the sky and disappears. But they got this stunning photograph of it. And we will post this photograph on our social media for this episode so you can see for yourself. So look now if you're listening to this, it's up. Yeah, there's I mean, a, Tony, there's a there's like image. a F-16 or something in the shot mm-hmm. itself. You can see the military jet. And, and I'm assuming, I mean, from what I read, um, that this photograph has been vetted by, by photo analysis. Yes. That the people have looked at it recently. Yes and said, no, this is not, this isn't a faked photograph. Right. And our friend, uh, Nick Pope, who worked for the Ministry of Defense at the time, tweeted out and he said, I can neither confirm nor deny a little mm. cheeky response by him. Nick Pope the- or, you know, star of Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> I'm convinced he's the model, but. Very accurate. Um, he had a, you know, kind of a tongue-in-cheek little snarky tweet. And he said, I can neither confirm nor de- deny that this photo hung on my wall the entire time I was at the Ministry of Defense, you know, which is a very funny way to it's say funny it. that it's real. Yeah, it's funny that you mention it that way because I remember this, but I don't remember it. Like, I think I heard about this photograph 20 years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't really available. I think I remember seeing, like, that crappy mimeographed version that mm-hmm. was like a pencil sketch of it or something somewhere. Um, and so I came to it, you know, pretty without any real baggage. And, um, you know, why not? Why not this be uh, the real thing? I don't know. I mean, people are saying it's real. I, I Again, like, I have this thing where it's like, this is all interesting, case by case, Again, can I? Can you get too excited? Can you afford to get too excited about any single one case? The, the exciting thing to me is like the general topic has been taken up a notch yeah. and accepted as something real going right. on. But so you know, I just live in terror of being like, oh, talking about a, a whole episode about this picture, and then tomorrow it's like, yeah, the guy admitted it was a model, and this is all completely fake. It's like, right? Because it looks, it does look kind of like at first, like you're kidding me, right? It kind of does, like from Star Wars. It doesn't look, it looks real enough, but it doesn't. It, I would not say immediately, like upon looking at it, of course this is real. It looks like it could have been made with steel rivets. You know, yeah. like uh, sheet metal. It, yeah. It, it, but yet, there's a small little window in it, like a there's a window and a, and a weird like torpedo propeller thing at the back yes. of it. Yes. Why is that there? Like, right. It reminded me actually, and this is maybe what gives it some credibility. It actually reminded me of the craft they talked about in the 1800s. 
that were more like mm. blimp mm. shape with apparatus coming off it, like propellers and stuff that was kind of Jules Verne kind of antiquated. This isn't quite that, but there's something about it that just doesn't look scientific somehow. It, it absolutely has a kind of industrial look to it. Um, what's the movie? What are the, the movie from, what's the like silent you know, movie with all the machines? Metropolis? They call, they call, yeah, Metropolis. They call it steampunk, I think. Oh, well, yeah, that whole uh, vibe is, is, it's got a steampunk vibe, sure. It looks yeah. like a steampunk UFO. I hate to say this, it actually looks exactly like a still from Dark Star. Mm. From John yes. Carpenter's comedy, his first yes. movie. Well, so people, okay, speaking of a paranormal movie that you and I were supposed to see together, but my schedule ruined it. You and I had agreed to meet and see Nope. Yeah, we haven't even talked about this. So this is the, the we're, we're actually having this very personal conversation and very this is personal that's the wind coming in from the window um it is personal my schedule it has ruined our plans to get together and watch nope but there was it's so funny there was a ufo video that has been making the rounds on social media not related to this one that we're just talking about the photo which is just a photo the calvine photo but a video of a ufo captured during the filming of something else, I believe it was an interview with someone on a news program. And if you look, people have enlarged. It looks to be a UFO coming into the frame. And somebody split screened that with the craft in Nope, the new movie. And it looks eerily similar. And you think to yourself, that again, that whole Hollywood cabal thing, who's telling who what. And, and I was telling the story the other day of how you and I had Bob Balaban was on our show. And he told us a little anecdote, which... I think we didn't realize how incredible it is at the time that Dr. Hynek kind of almost, he felt like slipped a little bit and said to him something like, well, when it happened, it happened. I mean, if it were to happen, it would happen like this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which is stunning. So, you know, that Hollywood UFO connection again, like who knows who's telling who what. Yeah, well, you know, I just I I t I just hesitate at the word cabal only because knowing Hollywood, I, I you know, there's there is no cabal because it's just every every maniac is out for themselves over there. There is not really a lot of potential for cover up in Hollywood or any kind yes. of like, you know, secrecy because it's just yes. too venal. Everybody's right. trying to destroy each other. Right. They're just fighting for their own yeah. side of the street. Unless they're just people that work in production who are just trying to make a living and earn, a, you know, do their art. You know, everything else is just run by maniacs, as far as right. I can tell. Unless those people have no interest in Hollywood and they're simply literally just there to seed us information on that, specifically like moles. I guess, you know, look, I mean, we, we this is a weird, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a tangential conversation we didn't expect to have. Uh, other than the fact that both Jacques Vallée and Heineck were, you know, somehow just available for Spielberg to work with for that whole period. I mean, everybody seems to say that those guys knew it was up. So they were the technical advisors. Doesn't have to go any farther than that for it to be right. like. Just the fact know. they're on the movies. Yeah. But it, that is the most real proof. If, if I had to pick one thing besides myself seeing a craft with my former partner, if I had to pick one thing that to me proves that there's something to this. It would be that anecdote because I've just been on so many sets and I could just see someone from outside the business sitting there eating craft services and just momentarily forgetting and saying like, oh yeah, this is how it happened. I mean, if it did happen, this is how it happened, <laughs> right? It's a total Will Ferrell moment. Total... <laughs> oh my God. Um, so I'm heartbroken we haven't seen Nope, but my question I'm scared to ask you is have you seen it? Because I'd be crushed if you saw it without me. But it's my well, fault. Also, it's yeah. it's interesting that you bring that up. I mean, I I I, I had uh, thought that it was a foregone conclusion that after weeks that it's been open, that you know uh, we would have to break our date and do it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll, I'll be home at the end of the month. We can do this. Yeah, but listen to this. Listen to you. At the end of the month, I mean, oh. I'm I'm. I'm around people in the city right now who have who have already written books about the movie and have published books about the movie and I have to read those books and I should see the film before I read my friends books. Honestly, well, Amelia and I were going to go we were going to do we were going to do it this afternoon after this podcast, but we decided not to at the last minute. 
maybe you can convince me to break to to break uh you know my well, wife's heart i didn't want to have to do this but you might have noticed uh a lack of your cat being around the apartment lately i have uh kidnapped your cat you'll see i have it here and if you see nope without me let's just say you'll never see this cat again <sighs> All right. Well, you've guaranteed that we're going to have a great time hanging out and watching the movie now that you've done the worst thing. Kidnapped a feline. Me. You know how yeah. hard it is to ship a cat to Canada? Clearly, it's very difficult. I don't know how you manage this. Um, now you're looking for your cat, literally. I am. <laughs> like, is he okay? Is he joking? I don't see them right now. That's a little weird. <laughs> um, um, well, no, of course. If you, it's, it's all my fault, so if you must see it, go see it. I'd actually I, love to hear your thoughts on it. I have not seen it. I really want to. It's been very difficult not to go. And until yeah. literally the last two days, I was thinking I would wait or be able to. But Amelia wants to see it. And okay. I, know. I, I may have to, I may have to, I may have to, you know, it's it's a long time. You're asking a lot there. Right? I am. It'll be out of theaters by the time I get home. Probably. Well, I kind of want to see it in IMAX too. And yeah, and I, I think it's I, a I movie you should see in the theater. How long that'll be there. But um, so anyway, that's whatever we, we can work out that personal stuff between us outside the show i'm sure um i have other questions for you for instance yeah. did you see uh did you finish you you did finish this the season of stranger things the two epic finals okay i did okay and i thought of you because of the uh with our kate bush complaint that that song was you know too, a little too you know and th and then they kind of like uh Took a little bit of the pain off they of gave that. us a, they gave me a little metallica which was yes great. exactly i appreciated that yeah, i yeah, I, yeah me, you too. Know, me too me too I, I, I didn't necessarily appreciate the way that it was delivered to me but i i that. thank them for the for the tune thank for you for effort. playing it <laughs> it's not like i couldn't have put on that on, on vinyl at any at any point during the evening and just taking a break from stranger things and enjoyed the song you know the um, the kid, what what made it, what solidified it for me was the kid who, the actor who plays that part, literally can shred and played that solo. I, he's great. Was I cool. love that guy. He's a great yeah. actor. I it I yeah. I it's I I will say no more. We already reviewed that season. It's it, ridiculous. We stopped reviewing it halfway through. I had no idea that an eighteen hours were left. That it was like a fastbender level worth of movie left. It was a Didn't long. Know. That. That finale went on forever. Literally, the entire last two episodes could have been forty-five minutes. Yeah, the whole thing. Um, and again, it's, it, you know, I'll say this about it though: it's one of the complaints I have about things like this. Like Lost did this, and they seem to be doing this. It's kind of like writers writing themselves into a corner, painting themselves into a corner where there's kind of no rules at a certain point. It's like, so okay, then we didn't kill the thing. I guess we didn't kill the thing and it's still here. Uh, you know, it's just like, well, it's just, a, it's, it's, it's kind of proof. I think that you don't really have a concept or, or a story. You have a premise, which is different than a story. And I think you should have a story which has a, an ending in mind. Oh, but it doesn't, it's not going to, it's that the whole thing is built on not, on not doing that because it is, it is eyeball cocaine and that's fine. It is what it is. I coke. <laughs> <laughs> I coke. I love it. Lee Iacocca. Um, okay. So I do have a very tangential paranormal connection to a movie I saw last night that oh. ties into this podcast. I did Please. see a movie last night. I saw Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. And the reason I bring that up is because if you are a regular listener to this podcast, you know, we've talked about, you know, tongue in cheek somewhat, but we did a serious analysis of it on my previous podcast about the artist alien connection or artists specifically music artists who have seen ufos or have claims of ufos and there's some lore around elvis um about a ufo possibly being over his shack the night he was born um things like that so it's only loosely the, the movie of course does not cover any of that although there is a scene when colonel tom parker comes upon elvis before he broke big and he's about to do a show with his, and his mother's in an alleyway with him with the band and they're saying a little prayer and she looks up to the moon and it's a very surreal, the moonlight cascades down them, almost like a beam. And she says, Jesse's with us. That would be his deceased twin brother. And she says, Jesse's with us tonight. I said, oh, that's a little, little maybe a little uh, paranormal twinkle there. Interesting. 
But I've talked on this very podcast. I know I have about my father's story about the guy playing the 45 record and everything changing in, in this high school outside of Boston because of Elvis. They had never seen anything like that. And I was very weary, leery going into this movie because I'm not a Baz Luhrmann guy. Uh, I find his editing and his movies to be like overwhelming, <laughs> you know, a good storyteller, but just I, it's not my style really. And so I was very concerned going into this movie. And then the trailer I did see with Tom Hanks and the kind of like uh, Austin Powers fat suit, you know, I was like, oh boy, this could be really bad. Tony, it's, I was blown away. It's a complete delight. I loved it. It might be, it might be my favorite music biopic ever. I'm, I know there's a recency bias, so I'm not going to say that it is, but it's certainly up in the conversation. That's kind of like saying it'd be my favorite rhubarb sandwich. Are you not a fan? Well, like, what about like Buddy Holly, the original Buddy Holly? With it? That was a good movie. No? Walk the line. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I mean, zero, no. Like music biopic to me is like the bottom is my last choice. That's a survival choice for me. That's totally like, there's you. no other film it's, to it's, see it's, on the airplane. Do you want to do that or watch like, you know, nine hours of dog grooming episodes? Like I, I really... Well, I, I I can't. There's I can't take it. No, there's there's an occasional movie about a musician or a, or something that I that I've liked, but the traditional biopic format is to me pretty rough anyway. And then when it's in service of the classic story of the superstar, I lose it. I wanna. I just wanna jump into a volcano. Agreed. Which makes Dewey Cox walk hard the dewey cox story the greatest music biopic of it's all pretty time. great because it's it, it you know includes on, all of my complaints yes. about the biopic yes. so it's, and, yeah and what makes this movie so great is partly because it is very much not a music biopic formulaic music biopic you know where young kid tragedy goes through his phases has the drug alcohol but it comes back it does not do that it focuses really on how elvis became elvis the influences his friendships with people like B.B. King, the areas he was hanging out in that influenced him musically. And then it really just launches into the relationship between him and Colonel Tom Parker. And it becomes almost like a, a romantic drama between a Ooh, couple wow. and, 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 and Elvis being the kind of like abused spouse trying to get out of the relationship. And you find yourself at the end of your seat going like, please go with these other guys. Please go with these other guys. And you know how it ends. Like it doesn't. But I'm telling you, and it was the one time I think Baz Luhrmann's editing worked for me because he, he picture this you tony arkin are tasked with this you're, you're given 25 million dollars <laughs> picture that first of all second of all <laughs> stop drooling <laughs> no, he's the, who, who, who was given 25 million dollars to direct anything ever it didn't happen i don't know. but and just say okay the day it's day four of filming and the scene we're going to pick up is the first time elvis performs live in a large thing a large group the electricity in the room starts it all. Like that's a hard scene to try to recreate, I would imagine, as a filmmaker. And he nailed it. Um, you know, the fast cuts in that sense, and even like the Vegas years, which I was never a fan of, and not many people were, um, you know, real music people, not his best time. But those early Vegas shows, with the way he cut it and the power of his movements, the way he edited it, you really get a sense of the overwhelming power that he had and the voice. They used his real singing voice. This, this actor wasn't doing an Elvis impression, which I think was key. You were listening to Elvis sing and he was basically lip syncing. So I was just, I just loved it. Completely enchanted. Two thumbs up. Loved it. Is there a, is this a musical? Is there music in this? Yes, there people, is. do people sing and dance? Yes. Okay. But it's not a yeah. musical, Tony. No, it's I don't. Uh, thank you. I will, I will, I will, I will instead mix myself a nice stiff drink and put on a couple of records and sit back and reminisce about times that I wasn't even alive and, and maybe come up with a better movie experience that way for me. Cause, um, I see rough, I, I see rough times ahead for me here, man. No, well, like it's not a musical where he goes like, my name is Elvis. I'm going through a crisis. No, he sings blue suede shoes and other no, hits no. and things you've heard before. Performances that he actually gave. I understand, but um, there's you're a watching really your recreations of. I don't want to give anything away. But Can I, I watch want... YouTube videos of Elvis instead of the real the thing. Sixty-eight comeback special, yeah. which is him at his prime. I've talked about it before. I think I played a little bit of it on this podcast. I did um, before, and they deal with that, but they give you the backstory of what's going on. 
the stakes are so high during that thing. It's, it's, I want you to give it a try. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. And the song he sings to end that special, the importance of that song at that time, why he did it, what was going on in the world, what was going on between him and Colonel Tom Parker, the pressure he was facing, the decision to sing the song he did and not sing like a Christmas song or a Christmas sweater when the entire NBC network was saying, like, we're going to fucking sue you. It's, it's really a good, I, I think you'll like it more than you think you will. The problem I have is that I cannot tell you with any seriousness the films that I watched because you'd start making fun of me. Let's go. I, I, I did mine. Let's go with yours. No, the, the Mirror by Andrei Tarkovsky. I'd never seen it before. I finally sat down to watch that. Would you like to tell some funny stories about that? I have none. It's not a musical. It's a depressing Russian art film with nothing funny or fun to say about it. I got nothing. I can't compete with you, man. I got no, I got no stories for people. I got, I got a hard road of, of like movie granola. I'm looking it up now, the mirror. I did not see this movie. It looks uh, 75, 1975. Looks horrifying. It looks uh, really sad. A dying man in his forties, whose commonplace interactions with his wife and children summoned up a host of memories ranging from his parents divorce to his time of the battlefields of World War II. My God. Yeah. Have you, you've, have you seen any uh, uh, Tarkovsky movies? Have you so. seen um, Solaris or <laughs> I think you made me watch. Yeah, yeah. You made me I watch Solaris. I made you watch. My God, I love the way that you put it. It's always homework. <laughs> you know what my favorite um, part of the mirror is? Is when the guy looks in the mirror and goes, I remember being in World War II. I'm going to win the war. I can't believe I have waited a month. To have, talk about paranormal movies with you, and this is this is what's happening right now. <laughs> this is where we're at, folks. We're it's caught rough. in a trench. I can I? Can I? All right, let's reset here because I want to at least talk about a movie I saw that is paranormal. The audience tuned in here about paranormal stuff, maybe about a movie. It's called No One Gets Out Alive. Oh, You've seen this? Saw it. Did you see? It? I saw it. Pretty is good, that, right? Let me see. I need to look these up because my mind is so damaged from the drugs and alcohol. <laughs> no one gets out alive. Why have I seen this movie? 2021 film. Let me see if I saw it. Yeah. Oh, I did it's, not see this movie. Oh, okay, great. Well, it's it's okay. a it's a Sorry. it is a believe a 2021 movie. Uh, and it's a good, it's good, it's a horror movie. It's first time director, uh, Santiago Mengini. I think you pronounce it that way. And it's based, it's based on a book by this guy, Adam Neville, okay. who wrote another book that another movie was based on called The Ritual. I don't know if you saw this. I did see The Ritual with the guys who go hiking go together. Camping. Yes. Loved it. Loved Isn't it. that Loved great? It. That's a wonderful movie. We should talk about that movie. Let's do that after we do our Skinwalker episode. Yeah. Um, I call that actually... um, City Slickers Paranormal Version. <laughs> City Sickers. And so uh, that so this has got similar, uh, you know, DNA from that because it's the same awesome. writer wrote the book. And it, this is a it's a well made movie. It's um it's uh well acted and really spooky. I liked it. Kind of a haunted house vibe, but um, you know, if you like Del Toro, if you yes, like Guillermo del Toro, yep, you'll you'll probably get a lot out of okay. this movie. I might put that in the um, queue for tonight. I've- and this isn't paranormal, but I watched for um, uh, my other podcast, Arkham Brothers Talk About Movies, yeah. that I do with my brother Matthew. Yeah, great. Um, we watched um, Step Brothers, which, as it turns out, is pretty paranormal. And I, I think, in a way, it, we could have discussed it on this show because it's it's supremely, uh, it's surreally paranormal. That's like Wahlberg is like in a he's adopted, and the it's a revenge movie, right? That it's movie? not Wahlberg, no. No, oh. Step Brothers is is um, Will Ferrell and J- John C. Riley. There's a movie that he's in, like Four Brothers or something. That's what I was thinking. I'm sorry. It's yeah, we just movie. covered it's... we just covered that movie too. Actually. That's why. See, I okay. saw it on your queue. I saw there it on you your go. list. Okay, yeah, Step Four, Brothers we... is possibly one of the funniest movies ever. Right? It's very funny. It's oh, really really God. funny, and very paranormal. So I, I include that. That that's that was a nice revisit. You know, um, I think I told you this before, but Adam McKay on Step Brothers, real quick, the dinner scene, um, the first dinner scene when they first married, he said that he looked it up because he goes, we were being so, it was, it was the first movie we were allowed to do what we wanted to do because we had had some success and like, here's the keys, go guys. They shot it. 
on film, first of all, which is ridiculous for a, a film. Yeah, like the guy who shot the Born Identity shot it. Right. And he said, we used more film in that dinner scene than they shot on the beach scene in Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. Um, I, would, I would not admit that if I were him. <laughs> and I think based on the fact that this is a classic and funny movie, it's it's the least funny of the last three that he made. And I think mm. the fact that they had all the they had all the free creative control doomed it to be the least funny. It's not as funny as Anchorman and it's not as funny as Talladega Nights. It really I, isn't to me. Anchorman and Talladega are both kind of sublimely funny. Anchorman's amazing. Step Brothers, the two of them so. are great. I could watch them all day and it's really funny and I love it, but it doesn't, it's, you can see, it's just like they had, they were just like, Hey, let's go goof off. Just and some off. of it's yeah, just it is, not it is tight. Man. Yeah. Um, you know, who kind of is great though is, uh, Adam Scott, his brother. Yeah, in that pretty movie. pretty good. Doing ice, <laughs> doing a ice ice baby. That was great. Um, finally caught up with everything everywhere all at once. Thanks to uh, our dear friend Mike, uh, Michael, my 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 producer and friend, yes. and our friend Michael uh, loved that movie and sent me a Blu-ray of it because he knew I was never going to get to the theater to see it. And caught up with it's that. Everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, that Michelle Yeoh movie that came out that kind of crazy uh movie yes. by the Daniels yes love that that was a great great time I think that really that's if you haven't seen it I uh, please do check it out it's pretty uh, special I don't think I have you would know if you saw this you know I'm You're looking at love the cover it. art now for it I don't think I no it's you it. you would not you would know if you see if you've seen short-term memory is pretty bad no you would this is not this is like vividly memorable do you remember if you do you remember when you saw the matrix or if you saw it okay i take it back you got no idea i accept that i do want to do one other thing too while we're on this movie scene stuff because you seem like you're ready to stop talking to me right now but i want to continue this because i got to plug uh a show another wonderful show on amazon called paper girls which uh i have a connection to because also uh the uh one of the stars of Paper Girls, Sophia Rosinski, is one of the new producers for the Arkin Brothers show. So my other podcast, Arkin Brothers, we just recently got kind of revamped and have um, some new producers who uh, are helping us. And uh, two of those producers, Sophia Rosinski and Alexis Rosinski, two amazing young talents. Um, Sophia is on this show, Paper Girls, which you can check out on Amazon right now. And it's really, really cool. Um, I think it's cooler than Stranger Things, but that's just me. I think it's a little tighter show than Stranger Things, but it's a similar vibe. And um, so, they um, they also <clears throat> make films together, and you can see their work at StellaLunaFilms.com. Uh, Alexis, her sister, their sisters, uh, she directs, and they make stuff together. They're great. So you're telling me that someone could do all this for us and produce this thing for us? Not for us, no, but for my other show, they did. They will. They could. I mean, theoretically, they could. I don't know anybody that would take on our show. Why can't we get on this? Have you, have you not seen my microphone shut off six times during the show? You don't think we need producers' help? Well, I feel like the producers need to see some level of, of you know, of, uh, in, of intensity behind your commitment to the show. I mean, they really, I mean, do they want to be FedExing you a microphone at the last minute? It's like they're they, if they want to keep the job. <laughs> okay, I see. I see. Well, if they want to keep the pretend job. They don't look. Have. Let me uh, let me talk to them and see what they say. What you do? Just send them a ten-second snippet of me doing Elvis singing. We're caught mm -hmm. in a trench, and yeah. that should seal the deal. Again, I think we should talk about this off air. Um, I've seen two TV shows on streaming because I'm in this house in Canada with nothing to do. But you only get what's, what's streaming in Canada. I can't, I can only imagine. True. I can't watch any live TV. I can only watch, Hulu. by the way, screw you Hulu because I've got a Hulu package, right? I pay for it. But then when you're away from home, all you can do is watch the preset movies and shows that are on there. You can't watch streaming. So I can't watch the TV that I pay for when I'm not at home, which but sucks. you're in Canada. That's because you're in Canada. No, it's happened to me in the States too. So, so state by you, state, they block you from certain content? Yes, live TV. So like if I was in, for instance, Nebraska, they Correct. might say, like, you can't see only murders in the building. 
you, you, you can, because that's, that's one of their like featured shows they have on just the platform. But like, so when you watch TV through Hulu, like live TV, you can't do that on, uh, anywhere else, but your home. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it sucks. You know, I it's, golf uh, to watch. It's, a, it's an outrage is what it is. I wouldn't stand for it, but well, you know, we all have our battles. Listen, watch two shows that I want to tell you about. <clears throat> one is this show. Uh, that's not as great. And then the second, I'm going to start with the bad news and then the good news. Uh, the Old Man with Jeff Bridges. It's an action FX show about an old CIA guy. And the pilot is exhilarating. Though. The pilot is really fun. And, and Lithgow is in it and he's just killing every scene he's in. He's great. Um, it's a lot of fun. Check out the pilot. I think you'll love the pilot. Okay. And, then, and then maybe proceed with caution. I think it gets a little, you know. Uh, you know, like, I, like for me, watching a pilot is a big deal. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like that's, I yeah. feel like I've seen the show. If I watch the pilot then, and maybe then, dip then into another one, that's as much as I can do for most. Can't shows. recommend it strongly enough. It's, it's like, they're, yeah. they're, I love Jeff Bridges. so much fun. He's doing this thing now though. I literally said that sentence that I just said to a friend of mine who's watching the old man. And I said, Jeff Bridges got this thing though. Or I said something like something's bothering me. He goes, the mouth thing. I go, yes. Like I didn't have to say what it was. He's doing this thing where he goes like, Oh, uh, um, 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 now, what you're going to do is, uh, oh, man, and it's like turning his tongue in his mouth. I'm like, what do you, it's, it's like an affect. It started with uh, true grit and he hasn't stopped doing it since. And it's really annoying me. Yeah. Sometimes big stars have little weird, it's like that happened to Al Pacino. Yes. After Scent of a Woman, he started barking like a Pomeranian in every movie. He's like, I, I want an Oscar for that. So I'm not going to stop. Yes. Ah. He can't stop. It's like, you, know, you, win, like, you know, you win an Oscar. I think he didn't, he win an Oscar for true grit. He, he was, I think he was nominated, but he won. Yeah, it for if you get nominated or anything like, yeah, right. But if, but I think he got nominated and I think that yes. like, if you get nominated or you win, but you he just keep, the same you, thing you keep the affectation. Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. You like, and he's like, I got nominated for it. Why would I oh, stop rolling my tongue around? Well, I'm going to do a right this song now. About song. Ooh, hoo-ha, hey, oh, oh. Dana Carvey has a great bit about him. He goes, Have you, what's with Jeff Bridges lately? He's like, he's become this, you know, cowboy. Like, yeah, I reckon I'm going to go down now. He's like, you're from Malibu. No, it happens to everybody. It, it, it really does. You're surfer like, from it Malibu. It happened to Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall used to be like a, kind of a sophisticated guy from San Francisco. And then he decided to be like a, like a, 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 a horse trader yeah. from, from Arkansas. <laughs> That's what he is now. What, how does it, you can't just decide that you're now not from where you are. You're from, you're a guy from San Francisco. Yes. And now it's like, what are you doing? I saw you in the killer elite, man. You can't fool me. So good. Um, the other show I want to tell you about that you might've watched is the bear. On I FX? saw the pilot, loved it. It's great. How good is that pilot? So good, great pilot. I can't now wait again. To see That's a show I will see more of. You, I would say you might want to tread carefully. About three, four episodes in, in my opinion, it starts to, you know. Oh, I, I, I will never get to four episodes in any show. Okay, good, know, good, good, good. Yeah, like right. I will I see the pilot, and then I may see another another episode. That's look. I got but that pilot was great. I can't. I, I there is no now. You're lucky I am, if I see the pilot. I am not a foodie. I'm not into the restaurant world. I don't watch cooking. So like it bores me. I don't, I, I just, I'm not into that whole scene and I was still captivated. So that's saying something for how good okay. that, that was. Well, I am totally into that. I could watch cooking documentaries. Uh, that's my go-to. That's my, like, if I'm, and, if I'm, if I'm stressed out, that's where I'll watch. You should be eating that show up. No, because it's, it's <laughs> a, there's too much acting. When I watch something, it's either gotta be like so good yeah. that I can't stand it. Right. I just can't like I want to tear my face off or it can't be people trying to act. I don't want to see it. I There's edit a lot stuff of all acting. day. I just want yes. to like, I like a cooking show because I don't have to see anybody pretending to cry or pretending There's to a be, lot of acting, talk yeah. to somebody. They're just making a, they're making some pasta and I get to see how they do it. It's no fakery. Well, there's some fakery, but it's at a See, minimal. Uh, my producer friend here told me about a show called uh, 
nailed it, a cooking show on Netflix. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. He recommended it to me highly. You have, you I know you're not love into food it. stuff, but you got to watch no, it. No, it's great. It's okay. If you don't <laughs> yeah. like food stuff, if you actually, if you hate food shows, this well, is the show okay. for you. Because then he showed me a picture and I burst out laughing. I'm like, oh, it's, the, it's great. It was, like, it was a Trump cake that they had made, the experts, and it looked just like him. And they showed the nailed one and it looked like a ghoul from um, one of our paranormal movies. I honestly would recommend starting at the beginning. Like, don't, don't, okay. I think don't the show is funnier earlier on because partly because it's such a crazy idea that you know those shows that have that feeling like where they're like i don't know if we can get away with this for more than like half a season but we're gonna we're just gonna try it you know right right so it has this crazy energy they don't really know yet that it's that it's gonna work it's like something from the basement of bbc4 like in in the 70s they're like this is this isn't gonna work so we can do whatever we want and it it's funny Every single time, to me, every time they reveal the cake that the contestants make, I it I drop to the floor every time. It's on my queue, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so, what I wanted to do are, is there anything else? This is just a giant junk drawer episode, as I said. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? Sure. That there's you a lot of other. Wanted? There's a lot of other, other things. Oh. I you could ask. Maybe you could ask it in such a way that made it sound like you wanted to hear what those things were. Like, is there anything Let else? Let me try it again. Let me try it again. Let me try it again. <laughs> you, okay. you done me, yet? Take two. Take two. This is me interested in what you have to say. Okay. okay. <clears throat> is there anything else you want to share with No, I guess I can't. I just can't do it. I'm just not right for the part. What can I say? The guy for this part. I am not that role. <laughs> um, I do, do have, have one. On your list. I have one thing that I saw that could that could branch out into another part of the conversation. So let's do that. Great. I saw uh, because of some research I'm doing on something I'm trying to write. I saw a couple of documentaries on the Bridgewater Triangle, which is not something we've named on the show or discussed, but we've talked around some of it. Um, My question for you is, is that Monsterland? Is that it's a different part of Massachusetts? Wow. I've been there many times. It's it's in kind of like southeastern mass. And Monsterland is more in central Massachusetts, but same deal, same okay. deal. Weird uh, things happen in these places. It was it was good. There were the the one documentary was not great. The other was kind of fun. Um, some stuff I hadn't heard before, and a couple of places we I would love to go. And I was like, well, when you have the time, I was uh, I I propose we do a Bridgewater meetup, and we do. We do a we do a, a a show as we investigate something out there. Un, we'll, great. We'll we'll rewatch Nope. You for the fourth time, me probably right. first on right. DVR. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do it around Halloween time? Well, at this point, why don't I just perform Nope for you when you get back? That would be best. Okay. An audio play. Oh, I'd like to just act all of it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll build a little. On. I'll build a little set with couch pillows and stuff, and a coffee table, and, and paper plate faces. You can get some sheets and hang them up. Like it's a little play. <laughs> I'd like to do that. Uh, there's literally nothing more I'd want to watch than that. Um, <clears throat> let's do that around. Let's do that in October and call that our Halloween special. We'll go to. I'll take you to okay. Monster, I'll take you to Marshland and to the Bridgewater Triangle. How about that? I I would love that. I think that would. I think that would be great. And I think. You know, it's been long enough. We yeah. we should do something from the road. We yeah. should do something where we're actually, you know, on the case, so to Guaranteed. speak. And and that but that that you I mean by an executive producer, you're you're not talking about just somebody who sits at a desk in Hollywood and and, and makes phone calls. You're talking about somebody who actually has like been there. Yeah, showrunner. Yeah, like yeah, on the ranch doing yeah. the work. Well, holy smokes. At times, yes. Look, once, twice, yeah. just to have been there, unbelievable. That he's going to be on our show. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I was hoping that was going to happen, but now we've got confirmation. Um, Did he just walk out of the like the sauna room or something just, at the compound? Yep, out okay. of our out of our uh, out of our compound's massage right. area. Excellent. What? Um, let me ask you this. Oh, Tony, is there anything else in your list? Because I'd love to hear about it. I do actually have one other thing that's kind of cool. I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading a book called Making Contact. Ooh by Alan Steinfeld, which is just, it's a collection of essays and writings um, by a variety of people about the contactee experience. Um, Again, kind of for research, kind of for this show as a talking point, but um, there are, uh, there are pieces in it by Nick Pope, um, by John Mack, 
who I must admit, I have not read his work before. I don't know if you have, I know about John Mack, Dr. John Mack. Yes. And I know the work he did, but I never really read his stuff. Now I have to read his books because yes. this one piece, holy smoke, man, is this, is he deeper into this than I, than I thought? Um, I came up in an episode here recently. I forget we mentioned why. him once, but, but, the, yeah. but he's, he's a whole wormhole unto himself. Um, his writing is amazing and he's we, really serious about this in a way that's, uh, that's pretty intense. Read his um, his like uh, the this I think well I don't know what people think are his, his, his seminal book but the one that I had always heard of was Abduction it was called yeah. Abduction I read that mm -hmm. years ago I think it came on the nineties yeah I but mean, I have put everything any... on the line everything yes, on the line did. for this concept he um, did he really he really helped so a lot of people too I have to read more of hip stuff but there's also uh, Linda Moulton Howe has a great essay in here yeah. she's becoming quite a deal too uh, and you know, was also on Skinwalker. I'd be interested to talk to yeah. our guest next week about her involvement. And Whitley Strieber has a piece in here, Yes. which, which honestly, Strieber, I, I you know, I, I, it's hard to know what to say other than that. If it's not, if it's not true, it's the scariest, still the scariest thing I've ever read. Really well said. It's true. And if it's true, hell? it's, it's true. It, 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 you know, he talks about this stuff in this essay. Uh, I don't know if you've read his later things, but like he, 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 this is a new piece. You know, this is something he wrote within the last five years, I think. And oh, wow. He's contact has, he says, has been maintained. Um, it's changed a lot over the years. He has learned to deal with it. And he talks now about this from a much more adult perspective in the sense that like he's a, as an adult, he's experienced this now, he says for 25, 30 years and recognized since childhood, probably too. Uh, seeing somebody who's been kind of philosophizing about this idea for this long, write about it is incredible. Whether or not, again, it could be, someone could tell me it's like his work, his greatest work of science fiction. And I'd be like, right. it's incredible. Still incredible. I mean, we started with, we started with communion, didn't we? This that whole was our first. Yeah, that yeah. was our first. I mean, I've, you know, it's actually in recent years, uh, other people who are, who've come into support of Strieber as telling his truth. Like I've actually, I've actually re kind of been re-inspired to read it again because um, it seems like there there's, he's got more supporters out there than you might think. Well, Tony, um, this has been a blast. We didn't do a movie, but we did a bunch of topics and we didn't do a top three. So what I'd like to do now is end the show. Let's do a top three. I'm going to spring it on you. Your top three performances by me. You know, you've cut my demo. You know my work. You're intimately tied into my work. Top three Maddie performances. Go. And I'll take uh, a list of honorable mentions as well. Okay. You can have up to 10. Well, I think I've got to, I mean, I, I don't know how, I don't know how, and this, this isn't going to be an order, like, cause I, that's too much to ask. So I'll give you three and they will be okay. the top three, but I'm not going to say like what's tops, but okay. it's going to okay. be hard for me to, to say that Pound Ridge doesn't belong like right up there at the top. I, I, you know, I directed that movie, but I didn't really direct your performance. You showed up as this character and you understood it very, very well. And I think that uh, is masterful. You just took my number one. Um, I think um, you did a segment called What's in Your Pocket on a show where you were, I guess, kind of a host who was asking random people at a mall um, literally what they had in their pocket. This was before the Me Too thing broke, and obviously the rules were looser. Oh, um, I was on History too. And uh, just the way you interacted with these people was, you know, you were, you know, just as a documentarian, what yeah, you were no. able to pull out of that. Thank you. Thank you. Was, Gum rappers. Was I should be remarkable. in prison for that special, but go ahead. Um, well, there's time yet for that. And, um, and then Soft I got to say, you know, how, how, you know, how can I leave Sender out of this? How can I do that? I mean, I feel funny bringing up two projects that I was involved with, but you know, you're, you, you, punch nuts better than anybody ever has. And, uh, and, and on other people too. Yeah, yeah. Both ways. Exactly. 
I was, I should, I should have mentioned. How vain of you. How vain of you to include yourself in my top three list of my well, performances. I, I, you know, I, asked for. I, I, I think that, a, and then, a, and then a runners up is, is your work as the goon in Passionata. The great Jason Isaacs. Yeah. Your work in that Wes Anderson uh, commercial is pretty good too. Dressed up in the dog suit. Yeah. The dog, <clears throat> uh, that was amazing. I do your top three now. My top, I just gave you my top three. I know for you. Oh, you're going to talk about my work now. Oh, God, please. I would say, number one, you're directing specifically of me in Pound Ridge. Number two, you're directing specifically of me in Sender. And number Mm. three, you're editing of my demo reel are your three best things you've ever done. Um, Have you ever put what's in your pocket, the, 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 uh, the director's cut up on up on uh word of god okay I'm, do you still have it do you think we should oh i still have that? that i've been saving it i've been oh. i've been holding on to that one tony made a super cut of that special he's talking about by the way it was real i actually did a show called that yep and what's um, in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a parody and tony made it into i would say what tony and avant-garde timothy leary experimentation Let's put it this film. way you know the first we made this movie and then too many cooks came out after too many cooks with that that's exactly right i wonder if casper kelly saw that was influenced by your cut because i'm still recovering from i'm just saying just saying well tony this has been awesome it's um, great to see you it's great to talk to you. you yeah Seriously, i miss this a lot um yeah. i don't want to guilt you but it's been a rough time uh, feeling like I'm, you know, you're, you're out there working and being an actor and being a host and getting health insurance and doing stuff. And it's just been, uh, just been cats, I understand. cats and but, over here, but the good news is I'll be home soon. We'll be back take me away. Take videos. me away from this. We'll take me from this freaking Brooklyn. October. Wave. Okay. Let's commit yes. to it right now. October. We're getting together. We're going to do a live episode. We're going to watch a movie together live. And, and we're going to do the thing in October for our Halloween special. Yes. Okay. I like that. I'll even come. If it's too much for you, I'll come towards you. We'll, it's not too we'll, much maybe, for me. What are you saying? I'm in Westchester. I can take it. All right. Love you, buddy. You too, man. Thank you. P for peers. Thank you for your patience. We are back. We will return with, with an executive producer of Skinwalker Ranch. Did we just get confirmation on that? Oh, that's, that's really exciting.